Thank you, Pastor John. Remember, uh, Pastor Tito, Pastor Tito went to go see his uh, new grandson down in Vegas. At least that's what he said he's doing in Vegas. All right. I'll have a talk with him when he gets back. No. Yeah, he, he is, uh, his, uh, one of his, his, his oldest daughter lives in Vegas, and so they have a new uh, baby. So he went to go see that. So he, he leaves. Uh, he is flying down there this afternoon. So um, uh, Pastor John came and helped us out here in Patterson. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you. My name is Jeremy. If you're new here, uh, I'm the campus pastor here for New Life Christian Center, our Patterson campus, and it's so great to be with you uh, this morning. Thanks for coming to check us out. If you're here for the very first time, we have a gift for you. Uh, we have this coffee mug. It's got our uh, logo on it, so please don't leave without getting one of these, okay? It's just a little uh, small token uh, from us to you to say thanks for checking us out. As you go out those doors, you'll look to your left, and you'll see our Welcome Center. Just grab one of those mugs. It's also got some information about our church on there, but we just want to say thank you. Thank you for checking us out. And if you're here for the very first time and you do not have a home church, then we want to say to you, welcome home. Amen. Uh, also, if you came prepared to give today, we just want to say thank you so much for doing that. Whether you give online, you can give through the app, you can give uh, uh, through the website, you can mail that in, or you can give uh, on Sunday mornings. We have a, a little giving box there uh, beside our doors as you exit. You can just drop your gift into that, but we just want to say thank you so much because we cannot do what we do every single week without your faithfulness and your generosity. So thank you so much uh, for partnering with us and for giving back to God just a, a portion or a percentage of what he has blessed you with. And that is uh, one of the ways that we can give back. So thank you so much uh, for doing that. Hey, uh, if you uh, are, have been with us over the last several weeks, we've been, we've been in this series called Becoming. I don't know if you're enjoying it as much as I am, uh, but this has been a great series. And so we have one more week of this. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about what it means to be courageous like Jesus. And then next week, we're going to talk about what it means to be content like Jesus and how we can find contentment in our relationship uh, with God and with others and in our life. So that's going to be next week. And then after that, we're diving into the series that's going to be taking us into Easter called Against All Odds. So against all odds, Jesus did this and he did that and then and going all the way up to Easter day. Uh, so the message uh, for that day is against all odds, uh, Jesus Christ rose from the grave. So it's going to be a great message. We just want to encourage you to start thinking now about Easter. Think about that one person that you want to invite. Maybe it's a neighbor, maybe it's a coworker, could be a family member, but we're going to have two services on that day on Easter Sunday. We're going to do an 8.30 and a 10 a.m. An 8.30 and a 10, and, and a 10 a.m. So we're still working out some of the details of what, what that's going to look like, uh, but we are not going to mess with our 10 o'clock service. We're going to leave that time the way it is and just add an earlier service at 8.30. We'll probably add some more chairs in here as well because we know that God has got great things in store and planned for us that day. This, this place is going to be packed. And so uh, be thinking about who you want to invite now. We also are creating some invite cards, and they're really cool. And so once we get those printed, we're going to have those available. You can take those with you. You can take five or more with you. The, the more you take, the more we can print. Uh, and so uh, that's going to be available in the next probably three to four weeks. And so be looking for those to be able to hand out to your family and friends. Okay, sound good? All right, so we are going to be today in the gospel. So if you are new to faith, if you're new to the Christian faith, uh, the Bible that we read as Christians is separated into two different parts. We have the Old Testament or the Old Covenant, 
uh, the old promise, and then we have the new testament or the new covenant, the new promise. And so those are the two different sections of the Christian Bible. And so we're going to be in the gospels today. The gospels are the first four books of the new testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The gospel means the good news. So it's four different accounts of the journey of Jesus and so his, and his life. So we're going to be in Matthew and uh, a verse in Mark, uh, pr- but predominantly in Matthew and John. If you have your Bibles, you want to turn to Matthew and John. We're going to be there quite a bit today. And then if you don't have your Bibles, if you don't have it like downloaded to your phone or whatever, we'll have the scriptures behind us on the screen. But let me just give you a quick recap of where we've been over the last several weeks. Week one, we started by asking some questions like, who am I? Uh, Where did I come from? Where am I going in this life after this one, in the life after this one? And then also a very important question, who am I becoming? Remember, we said we should always be growing and developing into someone who uh, is a follower of Christ. We're projecting the image of Christ more and more every day. And then week two, we talked about the surrendered life of Jesus and how we too can live a surrendered life completely and fully to the Father. Week three, we talked about how Jesus lived his life with intentionality. He was very intentional with things that he said, things that he did, and how we need to be intentional about our lives. Then we talked about the wisdom of Jesus and how we should pursue uh, the wisdom of Jesus in, in making decisions and how we respond, how we reflect the image of Christ. And then last week, we talked about being generous like Jesus in how to live our life open-handed with our generosity that's over and above what's either expected or necessary. Remember, we said that the definition of generosity is, to the, is the readiness. So to be ready to give what's over and above what's necessary or expected. And so how do we do that with uh, kindness? How do we do that with compassion? How do we do that with our resources and how we treat others? There's a lot of uh, different nuances to the word generosity because a lot of times when we hear the word generosity, we automatically think about money. And, and the generosity of Jesus is way bigger than just our finances. And so we, we had fun diving into that last week. And remember, all of these things that we've been talking about is part of God's design for us. He designed us to reflect his image and having all of these uh, different attributes, all these characteristics of Jesus are things that we should be pursuing in our life. And so today we're going to be talking about courage and what it looks like to be courageous like Jesus. Now, like wisdom, remember last week we said there's the difference in earthly wisdom and godly wisdom. It's the same thing with being courageous in courage. There's a worldly courage. And then there's also a a godly courage. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Because a lot of times when we hear the word courage, our our minds instantly go to the cowardly lion, right? You know, because all he wanted was was some courage. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty good impression. Every time I watch that show, it makes, he makes me laugh. Every time he talks, every time he says the words courage and that vibrato, <laughs> oh, it just, I don't, I don't care how many times I watch it, it makes me laugh every single time. But the, he was so timid, he was so afraid of everything. By the way, you're welcome for putting that famous vibrato in your head for the rest of the day. <laughs> you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and text me and say, Pastor Jeremy, I hate you because I woke up singing If I Were King of the Forest this morning. But courage is definitely something that seems to be absent or at least less present in our culture today. It seems like years ago, men and women were a lot more courageous than we are now. It seems 
that we used to be a lot braver than we are now. Years ago, when we disagreed with one another, we had these healthy debates. We had healthy conversations without threats of violence or, or, or crossing unhealthy boundaries with one another. There was a, a level of respect that we had for one another. But now with the help of social media, uh, we now have what's called keyboard courage. We're really brave and we're really courageous as long as we can type whatever we want to type in the safety of our living room without never having to really talk to one another or confront one another. Here's Webster's dictionary, here's Webster dictionary uh, definition of cultural courage. Okay, courage as we know it in, uh, in, in, an, in an earthly form. It's this, having the mental or moral strength to persevere and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Now that's, that's Webster's definition of courage. And in case, you, in case you're wondering what persevere means, persevere means this, that in spite of counter influences, in spite of opposition, in spite of discouragement, I'm still going forward. Nothing is going to stop me. I'm moving ahead. So if we put these two things together, Culture says that courage means to be brave enough that no matter what counter influence, no matter what danger, no matter what fear, no matter what difficulty, no matter what opposition is standing in my way, I'm going to do the right thing. And that may be part of godly courage. But godly courage doesn't come from me and my efforts. It comes from the source in whom I place my faith, which is Jesus. Godly courage is tested when I meet my foe. Godly courage is tested when I meet my adversary head on and I realize I don't have what it takes to say it. I don't have what it takes to do it. I don't have what it takes to beat this or make it through on my own. I have to rely on Jesus. I can't do this on my own. Godly courage takes over when faith and flesh face off. So when we come face to face with that which causes us to, to, to pause because of fear, or because of concern, maybe about our own safety, physical safety, mental safety, emotional safety, or even our relational safety, that's when godly courage takes over. The courage to say it or don't say it. The courage to do it or don't do it. The courage to go through with it or don't go through with it. That's when we have to depend on the courage that only comes from our source, who is Jesus. You see, we think of courage as cliff diving. <laughs> we, see, uh, we, we think of courage as investing into a risky stock or swiping right on that girl or that guy or, or asking her to finally marry you or you asking him to please stop watching The Bachelor. We think that takes a lot of courage. It actually takes courage to watch The Bachelor. All right, let me just tell you that. But the courage of Jesus goes so much deeper than that. Godly courage is a result. Godly courage is a byproduct of the faith that we have in Jesus. He is the source. Godly courage is my deep confidence that God is in control. It's a deep confidence that God is sufficient or is enough, and I am not. Just like the last few topics, Jesus was the epitome of what it means to be courageous. 
He was surrendered. He was intentional. He was wise. He was generous. And he was courageous because he knew who was ultimately in control. A friend, and, a, fr- a friend and I were just talking about this last week, about the courage that it took to walk up to others in the community where he grew up and to make this announcement that he's the Messiah that they've been waiting for for centuries. Can you imagine to see the boys and girls that you grew up with, to see their parents, to see the community leaders and the faith leaders, the local butcher and the seamstress and the carpenter, all these people who watched you grow up and now you have a message for them given to you by God that you are their savior. This message that says that I'm the one you've been waiting for. I'm the Messiah. I came to deliver you from spiritual captivity and to forgive the world of all their sin. That's me. That had to be a weird moment for Jesus. Remember, he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. So I can only imagine the big gulp that it took to walk up to people who knew him and to make that announcement. But he courageously leaned into that message and the mission for which he came. And he delivered it with passion and with confidence because he knew who he was and he knew who his father was. He knew the source of his courage. Being courageous like Jesus is being willing to say or do the right thing regardless of earthly costs. And let's face it, it can sometimes be painful to do the right thing. It can sometimes be painful to say the right thing. It can be mentally and emotionally painful to do the right thing and to stand up for those who don't have a voice like those in the sex trade or human trafficking, especially when we see the victim but we can reach into the courage that only Christ can give to speak up for those and to do something about it. It can be relationally painful to lose friends, to lose family members because you made the courageous decision to stand up for truth, to go against culture. Because if we want to be courageous like Jesus, some of those things just might happen. We've all lost friends over the last three years on social media. We've been blocked or canceled or unfriended because we have certain opinions about the truth that we believe is based from Scripture. Martin Luther said this about courage. This is really deep, so I'm going to read it slowly, okay? But it's so good if you sit and think about it. Martin Luther said this, If I profess with the loudest voice and the clearest exposition every portion of the truth of God except precisely that little point which the world and the devil are at that moment attacking, then I'm not confessing Christ. However boldly, I might be professing Christ. Where the battle rages, listen to this, where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier is proved. And to be steady in all the battlefield besides is mere flight and disgrace if he flinches at that point. Now, I know that's deep. Go back and read that. You can Google uh, uh, this, this saying by Martin Luther. That was written over 500 years ago. And look how true it is today. You see, followers of Jesus are willing to tackle all of the easy issues in culture and society. But when it comes to the ones that stir up the most controversy, the ones where the real battles are being fought, we tend to back up a little. And Jesus never shied away from the big topics of the day. 
He unapologetically gave truth with grace. He kept the focus on the Father and the mission to restore a broken relationship back to himself through the death and resurrection of Jesus. When the religious leaders tried to catch Jesus, when they tried to trip him up with his words, he never wavered. He stood firm and bold and courageous in the face of opposition so they knew where he stood on matters of the heart. So how was Jesus courageous? And what are some of the things, what are some of the areas where he was courageous that we can kind of glean from today? So if you're taking notes on the back of your program, you can write those notes. There's a note-taking sheet there. It's also on your app if you want to take the notes there. Number one says this, being courageous like Jesus means standing up for truth. Being courageous like Jesus means standing up for truth. You see, courage is indispensable for both spreading and protecting the truth of Jesus Christ, because it takes courage to spread the truth of Jesus, but it also takes courage to protect the truth of Jesus. And Jesus promised that spreading the gospel and standing up for truth would be met with resistance. He said this to his disciples, Matthew 24, 9, then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. Now, we may not see arrests, or people being killed for standing up for Jesus right here in America, but it is certainly happening in other parts of the world today. I subscribe to uh, Christian News Now emails, and every week there are new reports of pastors in Africa and pastors in third world countries being drugged from their homes and burned alive in front of their wives and their children, all because they're followers of Jesus and they're teaching his teachings. It's still happening today. And little by little, we're seeing this begin, we're seeing the beginnings of that begin to creep into American culture. Followers of Jesus are supposed to stand up for truth. Followers of Jesus are supposed to stand up for the truth of the Bible. And that's often criticized by a few who believe that Christ followers, Christians, are a hate group. Some even consider the Bible as hate speech. The fact is, the Bible is offensive. It's very offensive because it brings to our reality our sin. It brings to our reality our brokenness. And some people just don't like that. Just a few decades ago, when someone wanted to share the, the hope and the love and the truth and, uh, of Jesus, you might, you might have been met with a, no, thank you, that, I'm not interested in that. Just 20, 30, 40 years ago, you might be, that, that was the argument. No, thank you, that, that's good for you, but that's not for me. But now... We could be slapped with a lawsuit. We could be shamed or mocked or canceled on social media, all because followers of Jesus say, yes, there is absolute truth, and it's not you. Absolute truth is in Jesus Christ. Look what Jesus said about absolute truth, John 14, 6 and 7. Jesus says this, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That's the words of Jesus. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you, really, if you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Statements like this led to Jesus being crucified. And today, when followers of Jesus believe this, today, when followers of Jesus teach this, it can lead us to getting ostracized or canceled or blocked or blacklisted. To be ultra clear, 
You're going to hear me say this as your pastor at New Life Patterson from this stage. There are not multiple ways to heaven. There are not multiple ways to the Father. As a follower of Jesus, we cannot believe that there are multiple ways to heaven and believe that Jesus never lied. Because Jesus himself said, no one can come to the Father except through me. Being courageous like Jesus means taking advantage of the opportunities we've been given to spread the hope and the truth of who Jesus is. And it's not going to be easy. When we, when we get those opportunities to talk about Jesus to someone, it's not always going to be easy. John 16, Jesus said this, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Now, with all that said, let me also say that we have to keep our hearts in check when we do stand up for the truth of Jesus. We're to be confident and bold and courageous. But look what Paul said when he added to this verse found in 1 Corinthians. This is his letter that he wrote to the church in Corinth, chapter 16. He says, be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And then look what he said. And do everything with love. I love that he added that. Because if not, we would have just walked away from this verse thinking that we're a bunch of warriors for Christ and we're supposed to beat the truth into everybody's head. But no, Paul said, do everything with love. Be strong, be courageous, be careful, be on guard, stand firm on what you know to be truth. Keep the focus on Jesus and not on you. Oh, and do it with love. Being courageous with love will keep our hearts aligned with Jesus. And it reminds us that this is about him. It's not about me. Being courageous in love keeps us in a posture of humility so that I'm standing for truth, not just to hear my own voice, not just to win for my team, but rather I'm trying to win someone to Jesus. And there is, there is a such thing as a quiet courage. There is a such thing as a tender courage. There is a such thing as a humble courage, a strength under control kind of courage. That kind of courage can be a very strong leadership courage. It's having the courage to grab your spouse's hand and pray over them as weird as it may feel in the beginning. But then when you get to doing that in a habit, it feels more natural, but it takes courage to first do that. It takes courage to admit that you're wrong and to say, I'm sorry. It takes courage to say, that was my fault. It takes courage as a leader to say, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to move forward. That takes courage as a leader. It takes courage to understand your limits and to reach out to a counselor or to reach out to a therapist. It takes courage to show up tomorrow and attend Celebrate Recovery where people have struggles with hurts and habits and hangups. And Jesus demonstrated quiet courage when the religious leaders brought him the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Instead of condemning her along with them, he began, he knelt down and began writing something in the dust with his finger. And then he looked at all those religious leaders and all the ones that wanted to stone her. And he said, look, if you don't have any sin in your life, pick up a rock and throw it. And they all dropped their rocks and walked away one by one until they were all gone. It took courage to teach a message in front of the religious leaders to say, don't pray out loud like they do because they just want to be heard. Don't fast like they do because they just want to be seen. 
It took courage. Jesus demonstrated both quiet and loud courage. Both take faith, the belief in the one who's the source of courage. Let's write this down for number two. Being courageous like Jesus is faith in action. Being courageous like Jesus is faith in action. Our Bible is full of men and women who showed amazing acts of courage connected to their faith in God. Abraham showed courage when God called him to leave his country. Didn't tell him where he, where he was going to lead him. He just said, go. Abraham packed up and left. And then he showed even more courage as he prepared to sacrifice his miracle son, Isaac. You think, Pastor Jeremy, that is a crazy story. Go in scripture in the book of Genesis and you'll read about this encounter. You'll read about this story. But let me just give you the end. He didn't end up killing Isaac, his son. But the story that leads up to that is amazing. I want to challenge you to go and read that. Jacob showed courage while facing his twin brother who vowed to kill him. Joseph showed courage while being thrown into prison for something he didn't do. And then courageously faced Pharaoh who wanted him to interpret his dreams. Moses repeatedly faced a hostile Pharaoh and later led the Hebrews out of Egyptian slavery. Joshua led one military campaign after another against God's enemies. Rahab, who was a prostitute, risked everything on God being the one true God. David faced Goliath. Daniel faced lions in a den. Over and over again, men and women in Scripture demonstrated the courage needed to stand up for truth and to be bold in their faith in God. And remember, it wasn't a self-generated faith. It wasn't a self-generated courage. It wasn't a pump myself up for the task kind of, a, kind of a courage that they generated on their own. Instead, it was because each of them knew who they were. They knew they were connected to the source of courage. I read this quote about courage. Courage is always an act of faith because the courageous person acts on what he or she believes despite the threat. Let me tell you, back in 2005, it took courage for Janet and I to hold hands in the pray and say, God, where are you leading us? When we quit our jobs and sold our house and, and pulled our kids away from, their grand, away from their grandparents and all their friends and moved from there to Colorado with no friends, no family, not knowing what's, what's expected or, or, or what we're kind of getting ourselves into by going into full-time ministry, we had no idea what that looked like. But I remember holding your hands, and as we prayed, God, we have no idea what we're doing, but we're going to step out in faith. That's the kind of courage that we needed. And then only to be there for three years and to go to Wisconsin, the, the area that we lived in in South Milwaukee was super dangerous, had a high crime and high poverty. We had no, again, we had no friends, no family. Our kids had to walk through metal detectors to go to school. And we're thinking, why are we here? And I remember starting that campus for Great Lakes Church with zero and then growing to 500 people in just five years and we were settled and we were comfortable and then God began to challenge us and stir us again to come to California. And I thought, here we go again. We're diving into this courage that we don't have. All we have is just, oh, just a couple of naive kids with, with, with four of our own kids and two adults and uh, two, two of our kids being adults and asking, are you going to stay? Or are you going to go with us? And they didn't know. We didn't know. And Janet got a job and I came out here for new life and we started again at zero. And here we are five years later. Look what God has done. 
But it took courage to do that and a courage that we didn't have. We didn't self-generate the courage to move out here. This was only given to us by God. And I know that this is for someone here today. Someone in here, maybe many of you are facing a decision. It's either a big yes or a big no to either say it or don't say it, to do it or don't do it, to go through with it or don't go through it. And God is saying, you can't do it on your own. Reach to the source of courage, who is Jesus, and allow him to give you that boldness. Allow him to give you that courage to do what you know that you need to do. Because on your own, you may fall on your face, but with the courage of Jesus, you can do it. Faith is the fuel of courage. Faith is the fuel of courage. Do you want more courage? Do you want to be courageous like Jesus, even though you're facing some opposition or some fear maybe standing right in front of you? Build your faith in Jesus. Remember some of the examples we gave earlier because I don't want our minds to think that it's always going to be these colossal decisions, these, these facing the giants, this fork in the road kind of uh, uh, moments that, would, that, that you only need courage because it could be just a small amount of courage to say it or to don't say it, to do it or don't do it, to go through with it or don't go through with it. Whatever the moment, whatever the circumstance, if you are a follower of Jesus, there's going to come a time when God is prompting you to be courageous and you can't can't not do it on your own. You need the courage of Jesus. There's going to be a situation where God is compelling you. There's going to be a moment in your life where God is urging you to be brave enough that no matter what counter influence, no matter what danger or fear or difficulty is standing in your way with godly courage, you can do the right thing. And he's asking all of us today, are you willing are you willing to be courageous when needed? That takes us to our final uh, fill-in for the weekend. Obedience requires courage. Now, this could go either way. Courage requires obedience, and obedience requires courage. So I just kind of flipped a coin and put that one there. But they can, go, they can go hand in hand. Over and over throughout the Old Testament, we see phrases. We see this phrase, be strong and courageous. Now, most of the time, it's from one person to another. One person is encouraging another to be strong and courageous. But four specific times, we see God speaking this to someone. And every time that God said to be courageous, it required a response. Some sort of physical forward act of obedience. You see, it's easy for us to become paralyzed in the moment when God is inviting us to do the right thing or to take the next right step. But those are times to dig in your heels and in your heart, give a commanding yes or give a commanding no. Jesus invited the ones that he healed, that he did miracles to take courage or to have courage and boldly profess their healings. In Matthew 9, Verses two and six, and they brought him a paralytic lying on a bed. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, take courage, son, your sins are forgiven. And then in verse six, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And then 16 verses later, Jesus turning and, turning and seeing her said, daughter, take courage. Your faith has made you well. At once the woman was made well. This is the, the story about the woman who had an issue of blood, bleeding for 12 years, had spent all of her life savings on all of the doctors to try to stop this bleeding and it wouldn't stop. And then she thought to herself, I know Jesus is coming in town. If I can just get to the fringe of his robe, 
I don't even have to touch Jesus. I know I can't touch Jesus because I'm a woman who is bleeding and I'm not supposed to touch a rabbi, so I can't. But if I can just touch the fringe of his robe, I know I'll be healed. And then Jesus walking through the crowd and she pressed her way through. I can just only imagine her, her tenacity and just saying, there's nothing that's going to stop me. I am going to touch Jesus. I don't care if I have to fight every devil in hell. I'm going to get through and touch Jesus. And when he walked through and she dove and grabbed the hem of his garment, and then Jesus paused and said, who touched me? And then Peter said, what are you talking about, Lord? We're walking through a crowd. Everyone has touched you. And Jesus, I love one of the translations of scripture says, no, someone touched me on purpose. I love that. And he turned around and saw the woman. And she said, it was I, Lord. I know I'm not supposed to touch you. I'm sure they had this conversation. And then he said, no, 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 listen, your faith has made you well. Not because you touched me. Your faith has made you well. She had the faith to muster up the courage to do what she needed to do to get her healing. And he said, your faith has made you well. Matthew 14, another example. Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. When he was walking on the water and the, and the disciples thought it was a ghost coming towards him. And he said, no, take courage. It's me. I am here. One of the translations says, the I am is with you. Mark 10, 49, and Jesus stopped and said, call him here. So they called the blind man saying to him, take courage, stand up. He is calling for you. You see, I truly believe this morning that Jesus is saying to each one of us, if we consider ourselves followers of him, to take courage, to have courage. And because God is all powerful, because God is all sufficient, listen to what we can do. Because he is all powerful, because he is all sufficient, I can take courage in my job. I can take courage in my home. I can take courage in my community. I can take courage in my city. I can take courage right here in my church. I can stand up for what's true. I can stand up for what's right. I can stand up for Jesus. I can be strong and courageous because of who he is, not because of who I am. Being courageous like Jesus could be quiet, having strength under control, or it could be a loud voice in the desert like John the Baptist when he was screaming out, prepare the way of the Lord. So maybe during this message, you were thinking about your own personal situation, maybe a person, maybe some people that you're in conflict with. Maybe it's an area where you say, man, Jeremy, I need more courage in this area. Something's come up in a conversation or you have to have a tough conversation with someone, there's an issue in the community, there's an issue at work, there's an issue that has given you the opportunity to stand up for truth and you need a little extra courage or you need some more encouragement to do so. My prayer for all of us today is that we'll connect with Jesus for that courage. We are not the source, he is. Others of you may be thinking about those moments in your own family when you need courage. Maybe your kids home, came home from school and Man, you find out they're, they're learning about something that just goes against your values and your morals, and you need to stand up and say something. Maybe you and your spouse have begun kind of a controversial subject that's going on in culture, and you just want to be a couple that really stands up for truth. Like I said, maybe you need to have a tough conversation at work, tough conversation with a family member, tough conversation with a friend. You need to make a tough call re regarding your employee or regarding a boss. Or maybe it's, you need the courage to 
show up to celebrate recovery like we talked about earlier. Maybe you're, you're trying to find the strength and the courage to sign up to be water baptized. You've given your heart to Jesus, but to get water baptized in front of people kind of freaks you out. And you think, man, I just need, I need the courage to do that because I know it's the next right step for me. I want to encourage you to do that. Maybe God is stretching you to grow in some spiritual discipline. Maybe you think, you know what, I've been coming here for a while. I need to join a volunteer team. I know there's something I can do around here through the week or on the weekends. And I just need some courage to do that, to make that decision. Every single one of us, there's an area in all of our lives where we need more courage. I don't know what it is for you, but I know with passion, I, I know deep within me with conviction that God was really, really driving me in, in, in specific directions and, and encouraging people to really pray for this because I think there's a lot of, a lot of us, in, you know, because culture says, I can do it. You know, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, you know, the SNL character back in the 80s, and doggone it, people like me. You don't have to say that in the mirror because you, you are enough. But you're not enough without Jesus. That conversation that you need to have, that decision that you're trying to make right now, you can't do that on your own, I'm telling you. But if you go in there with that decision's covered in prayer and you know that Jesus is on your side and he's got your back and he has given you this courage, then you can do it. You can say it. You can stand up for that. You can go through with it. Because you have the strength of Jesus in your life. Not on your own, but with Jesus you can do it. Will you bow your heads with me? Lord, thank you for the courage that only comes from you. You are our source. You are our source of wisdom. You are a source of courage. Lord, next week we're going to talk about how you are our source of being content. Lord, without you, uh, we tend to fall on our face a lot. We tend to fail a lot. Father, it doesn't mean that we still won't fail. Even if you give us courage, Lord, there's some things that, uh, some things just uh, aren't in your plan, Lord, even though they, they, we may wish it, we may hope for it, but Lord, you are sovereign. You are in control. And Father, let us come to the realization of if, you have, if you've given us the courage to face it, that you've given us the, the courage to go through with it, to make it through. Lord, help us realize that you are our source of courage. Lord, I know you love your people, and I know you have plans for your people. Lord, whatever's going on in our hearts this morning, Lord, you know the condition of everyone's soul. Lord, you know the thoughts that we all have. You know every single person that's here. You know the week that we had, the conflicts that we had, the conversations that we had. Lord, you know the conflicts and the conversations that we need to have tomorrow. And Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, whatever area, whatever area that we all need that extra courage, that you will just drop that in our minds right now in the name of Jesus, and that we can begin to lean in on you, toward you, because you are our source. You are our source. Lord, we don't want to do it without you. We want to do it with you. 
We want you to be with us. Lord, we love you. God, I just pray that if there's anyone here, Lord, that doesn't know who you are, Lord, I pray right now, even as I'm praying, Lord, they're, they're saying that tender prayer, inviting you into their life, asking you to forgive their sin, making you the Lord and Savior of their lives, Lord. Lord, we celebrate with them. We celebrate with the angels, those who are calling on you this morning. God, go with us as we go our separate ways, Lord. Keep us safe. Watch over us. Protect us, Lord Jesus. Lord, I bless your people in Jesus' name. I bless every marriage. I bless every child. I bless their health. Lord, with this new virus that's going around, Lord, I just pray for a continued health over our campus. Lord, let us stay away from that. And God, just bring us back next week, ready to learn how to be content in you. We bless you. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for being here this morning. Those of you that are new, please don't leave without giving that, that gift that we have for you. Also, don't forget the things coming up. The Intercept uh, is coming up in March. Also, water baptism, sign up. Water baptism, the class is next week, and the water baptisms are the Sunday after. If you came prepared to give, you could drop that in, that in the box on your way out. Thank you so much for being here. We love you guys. Be safe. We'll see you next Sunday.